Hey, welcome to Athlete on Fire. I'm Scott Jones, your host, and we are joined with Paul Romero today, who is the big dog with Uprise Performance Camps. You can actually go to the website, upriseperformancecamps.com, to learn more if you want to follow along before before the show starts here. Um, we we were introduced by Awesome Company um, up in BC, actually. It's it's called Soul. They do custom footbeds and a lot of other stuff, and uh, pretty grateful to have that introduction. Those guys are really cool. Um, but today we're going to touch on some things. We're going to, Paul's about to undertake a really big event for his own personal endurance and racing. So we're going to talk about that event. Uh, we're going to talk about some quotes that really inspire, some mantras that really inspire Paul as well. Um, some athlete stories. He works with a lot of athletes. They just wrapped up their summer series of camps up in British Columbia and other, and, and other places as well. And, um, you know, you always run into some interesting athletes and, and get to hear and, and be inspired by those guys. And then we're going to talk a little bit about training. Um, some strength and, and mobility concepts in endurance sports as well as some cardio sets that maybe maybe things that he's been doing lately that um, he's comfortable with. You know, as a coach and a trainer myself, you, you kind of go into these little phases where you really like doing certain things um, for whatever reason over other things. And we'll we'll talk about that, maybe go into mountain biking sets and a little bit of, of running you know, sets that you can do for, for runners as well. So this, that's what we're going to cover today. So let's dive right in. Um, Paul, really quick, t- tell us, give us the, the, the one or two minute version of yourself, your background, where you're at now and what you're up to. Scott, good day, man. Such an honor to be on back on the show here, man. Um, geez, yeah, life is good up here in BC, man. Uh, to give a ninety second about about myself, man. I, I came from a, a nine brothers and sisters out in Arizona. I grew up. Uh, my earliest memories of bikes were racing BMX with my brothers. And one of us, one of us three brothers, were a world, national, or state champion at all times through my whole adolescent. So, an elite racing and sport background since I was a kid that led into all your ball sports. I was quarterback. I was pitcher, beach volleyball, um, straight into uh, um, high-end rock uh, sport climbing back in the early days, uh, my early days, late, late teens, which led into a snowboard career of competing and racing, which went on into ski patrolling on snowboard. That was one of my lives, one of my many lives. Um, that led into a crazy career of expedition adventure racing that started out in the early Eco Challenge days with Team Epinephrine that led into Team Soul and had a fruitful, successful career all over the globe in Arctic, jungle, desert, open ocean, bush, uh, all over the globe. That was dang good. And along the way came, uh, came a little kid. I produced a little little offspring. His name is Jordan Romero. And he looked at me one day and had the crazy idea to climb the seven summits of the world. We went on and uh, did that little quest, including um, the highest peak on every continent, um, including the Big E. Uh, was up there twice. And that was uh, one of the highlights of my life. I've moved up to BC, where I've established an amazing coaching uh, little institution and program called Uprise Performance, where I brought it, bringing it all to a head and offering it to to athletes, um, a very holistic approach to uh, well-being and uh, living, eating, breathing, and thinking like the athletes. And so I spoon that out daily, um, in person, online, and with my training camps here in in BC, Whistler, in a partnership with Four Seasons Resort, and also up out in Hawaii, which is where I'm going to be spending part of my winter. So that's uh, that's a nutshell. That's yeah. a nutshell. So <laughs> Big you know, nut. all I get from all of that is you don't mess around with boring places. That's all I get out of you. 
No, life is too short to be somewhere that sucks, man. I don't do cities. I don't do uh, crowd overcrowded places, and I just try not to do things uh, that suck. What's what's the worst place you've lived, in your opinion? Not to dog a city or town, but what's the worst place for your life? Oh man, I don't know. I was happy to leave Phoenix, man. That's where I was born, raised, and and bless that place, man. But uh, I go there for weddings and funerals, (laughs) a little bit, a little bit of business, but um, you know. Uh, I've been very selective about where I live and call home, man. From I lived a little bit in Spain, the Virgin Islands, uh, all over Southern California, an amazing place called Big Bear Lake, California, and now up in, in what I call the center of the world, Squamish, B.C., uh, for the highest concentration of uh, gathering of elite athletes and like-minded and full-on charging human beings that you've ever seen anywhere on planet Earth is Squamish, B.C. will blow your mind. I still haven't been to Squamish. I've been I've been in parts of BC, but not Squamish. And uh, I can imagine. I mean, just the imagery, the backdrop, the geography is just just amazing. Nothing else like it. Nothing else like it, man. A few places in New Zealand kind of rival it and so on, but it's got it all. It's on the ocean to have that kind of geography. It's stunning. Come on up. I'll host you anytime. But oh man, see that's that's that's, that, that's music to my ears, and probably bad for you because I take people up on stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> Come on down. All right, so. Let's start with something that's controversial that has nothing to do with the show, but I just saw it like literally right before I got on on my Twitter feed, this 11-year-old boy that's um, interested, I'm sure you've seen this, interested in climbing Everest. Um, what are your thoughts? Should an 11-year-old be able to, to climb Everest? Yeah, boy, that's a that's an awesome topic right now. Um, you know, Jordan caught wind of this and gave, gave the kids some props. You know, here Jordan was the 11-year-old talking about Everest um, as well. Um, uh can, should an 11-year-old be up there? Boy, I tell you, my kid, Jordan, at 11, who was in one of the most advanced and ideal settings you could be in as a young athlete, um, he was too young then, and he was surrounded by uh, elite and professional athletes, full-on training and charging then. Um, at 13, he was, he, was, uh, uh, he was ready to go. Big, tall, strong, fit, smart, whole nine yards. I don't know this young man, Tyler. Um, I don't know his surroundings and who's working with him and what his mindset is. Um, it's pretty hard to give a blanket answer to that. But I will know. I will say the government of Nepal and certainly China is is not in in favor of that so much. I don't know how that's going to come about. But uh, man, I, I support a young man that is that is setting huge goals. I mean, <laughs> yeah. it's important. He's like what he's talking about, and whether he gets up there or not, you know, he's going to be charging hard somewhere. So I support it. I'd like to know more about it. I'll be following for sure. Yeah. Yeah, and there's always going to be critics on everything, and you know it probably comes down to the why. And I think what people, I think what people believe is that someone that young doesn't have a why. But I don't necessarily believe that either, because you have to empower people to do whatever they want to do, no matter how how old they are. You know, I, I, it's you couldn't have said it better, man. Uh, uh, we Jordan, while he was in this in the quest to climb the seven summits and the Everest, he, he was not. He'll say it a thousand times. He was never about the record. It was never about the record. He just was primed and ready to go. We went to Russia and Argentina, weird Papua, um, all around the world. And he was just training and, and building himself strong. And when he, when he was ready, we'd step it up to the next next peak and so on. So it was never about chasing a record. Um, you know, all fingers and toes and first attempt on every mountain he's ever climbed. So it shows that his preparation was was on. So I hope uh, I hope it hope it goes well. Don't want anybody to get hurt out there. Yeah, of course. All right, so let's talk about Uprise. Uprise Performance Camps. It's interesting. You guys can follow along with the dot com at the end of that. But you're just getting on, you're getting done with the summer full of training. I'm sure. What what was the feel like? What kind of camps did you guys put on? And um, what kind of people were coming out this year? Scott, I offer a 
what is a pretty unique and very holistic uh, coaching paradigm that involves a heavy emphasis on 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 a holistic look and uh, and process methodology for athletes, uh, young, middle age, uh, elite, moderate, introductory level athletes, whatever the case is, just uh, uh, moving methodically upward for every athlete to progress in in terms of food programming. Uh, mobility, strength, conditioning, cardio, strategy, approach to events, to races, to uh, developing into sport. So I take each athlete very, very carefully and, and move them progressively through, uh, through their sport, whatever it is. If it's SUP, if it's trail running, if it's mountain bike racing, uh, biathlon, so on. It all kind of comes together in the sense that, Scott, every athlete's got to have incredible mobility. Every athlete's got to have a great food program. Every athlete should be supplementing their food in order to get the most out of their training and the, the optimum recovery. Every athlete needs to have core strength, which needs to come from strength training um, properly. Every athlete needs to be lean. So in a sense, there's a blanket paradigm that goes across the board for almost every athlete today in 2015. Um, uh, you know, I my lifestyle, and, it, and it's it's something I, I'm proud of and, and live by, and it seems to inspire a few people <laughs> that I'm ready to go any time, any day of the week, any week of the any any month of the uh, of the year to tackle anything, no matter how big, how small, how fast I need to be. So it, it's it's just a it's kind of a warrior approach to life, a little bit, man. I, I'd I'd love for somebody to put a gun to my head and hand me two bottles and say, "There you go, 100 kilometers right now, go." You know, I would like to say I'm ready to do that right now. Am I going to win? Am I going to break a red, world record pace? Probably not. Um, I'll probably finish and complete and have some dignity at the end. But it's a bit of a it's a bit of a lifestyle, and that is what I hand down to athletes. That a lot of athletes find that appealing, uh, especially up here in BC where I'm at, where the lifestyle is just that. Man, one day you're climbing 11 pitches up here on the Chief. The next day it's on a mountain bike. Uh, charging 75k of of incredible uh, bone jarring single track, and the next day it is uh, 35k of you know incredible uh, trail running. Um, the next day there's 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 you know open ocean SUP. There's this is how we live up here, and so you've got to be a balanced athlete. You can't just be uh, a singular linear athlete and survive today up here in this kind of culture. So. With that, there's got to be a real balance and, and a real good strategy to how you fuel your body, how you recover, how you take care of your body at night, b- before and after your activities. And I like to hand down each one of those methods that I think are kind of evidence-based and pretty darn proven. And the proof's in the pudding, man. I'm, I'm helping some athletes make some incredible gains in their respective sports and their lifestyle. And most of all, going through a summer like this, here we are coming through a September. And, and, and I, I pride myself in my athletes going injury-free which is key. Yeah. Might have a little ding here and there, but man, uh, you know, in this kind of community up here, people are walking around in casts and slings and in and out of surgery and, and, and injections and whole nine yards to keep them going. But I don't think that's that's a good way to live. No. Uh, we all have accidents, but I mean, as far as overuse and 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 underprepared type of injuries, man, that's that's just not cool anymore. That's just the way we used to live, but. Anymore now, we got the knowledge and we got the tools, and that's what I like to be a resource for. And at our camps, at Uprise camps, 
Okay. Um, that's so, what I hand out. So you have so you have these athletes come in, and and you know a lot of it's about rewiring the mentality as for an athlete, especially when you have a specific program and you have that paradigm that you want to teach to people. So, um, so talk about a couple of your athletes specifically that that either moved you a little bit or made some big changes or made some big movements in their own personal um, goals. Um, specific sure, sure. You know. I seem to be a, a magnet for the for the for the athletes that are forty plus. Here I am at forty five, and I'm charging pretty good, pretty hard. Um, I might be near the peak of my fitness right now. Certainly not going, not sliding backwards. That's for sure. Um, injury free and so on. So I seem to attract the folks in the forties, even fifties right now. Um, I happen to. So to give you specifics, I'm working with, um, you know, not just one, but it's about about four or five gals, ladies, that are in their late 40s, even early 50s right now. Now, I'll put them in a pool because they're, kind of they're kind of really identical. That, um, that as we know, uh, men and women at that age have got some hormonal uh, challenges. Uh, they've got muscle loss challenges. And there's sleep issues. There's the whole nine yards that, that most coaches don't um, have much experience with, with dealing with. My extensive background is in emergency medicine, which I skipped earlier, um, uh, when I was telling you about myself here, it brings uh, some tools to that conversation and to my ability to mentor that kind of athlete and, and, and completely wipe the, the, race board, the, the whiteboard clear of an athlete's program and start from blood evaluation, start from sleep evaluation, and, um, and really start from the fundamentals about making sure an athlete is sleeping proper, is fueling proper, and has got hormones all... Uh, uh, in line, and we can treat that all properly with good food and good botanicals and so on like that. And then that moves into mobility and it moves into uh, strength training. And so, uh, to give you uh, again specifics, I've <laughs> it's so fun to see in progress in days, if not a couple weeks, and certainly a month to watch an athlete that is sliding into her, her 40s, maybe early 50s, and just bummed. Losing muscle mass, losing speed, losing power, getting their butt kicked at races, and getting butt kicked by peers in their age, uh, but suddenly slamming the brakes on and going, nope, let's let's fix this, man. There's some obvious solutions that are right here available to us. Let's inject these solutions, implement them, and in in just <laughs> literally days, weeks, uh, uh, you see reverse of these of this. I don't want to say aging. I'm not reversing aging, but we're reversing a lot of the effects of what age and gravity is doing to us. And it's so fun, Scott, man. And you just see lifestyle. You see uh, contentness and happiness and overall lifestyle that comes when when athletes are suddenly stronger, powerful, sleeping deeper, having more home, more happiness at home in a number of ways. Um, if you know what I mean. So. Yeah. That is just an overall happy, cool stoke factor that um, that my my ideology is is handing down. So um, that seems to be a magnet for that that client. It's it's a blast, absolute blast. So you mentioned sleep a little bit. What what are like two things that that people can do today to improve their sleep? Dude, it is it is it is number one. I had the conversation over breakfast this morning. I had the conversation two hours over over late evening last night with another client. It is probably the, the, the most unspoken, uh, um, uh, darkest conversation in our community right now. I mean, you look around your immediate surroundings, you've probably got a handful of people around you that are having serious sleep issues. And that leads to, leads to um, uh, uh, you know, all kinds of immune suppression, injuries that won't heal, performance uh, issues all around. Uh, boy, some of the, uh, you know, 
some of the issues that most people have. Um, I'll give an example of one such last night is some people have a partner that snores. Okay. This, this partner that snores that keeps somebody up and sleeps, keeps them sleeping lightly, keeps them waking up a couple handfuls at night. That's a pretty serious situation, man. If an athlete's not letting their body go into deep, deep sleep and get that full recovery and let that growth hormone produce and let all those, all those repairs and growth happen, it is wrong on a number of, so, so a quick one is to, you got to do something about that snoring partner, man. <laughs> Either you can change partners or you fix that snoring or you sleep in another room or something. The other one is, 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 and we have the situation up here in BC where it's light so much. It's light till 10 p.m. and it's light at 4 a.m., but darkening out a room. A room should be blacked out 100%. Get some blinds, block the light out. Those little LED lights on your clock, on your phone, on your TV, on your cable box, those things have got to be covered up. It's proven that those things keep us awake ever so slightly. Um, well, and then, of and course... Paul, talk about that a little bit because a lot of it has to... People assume that if you can't see, if you if your eyes don't see light, so you can put something the, the cover over your eyes or whatever, but there are receptors in your skin that actually sense light as well. Is- Dude, that's, that's well proven. That's well proven, man. The, any light, external light coming to, you know, for however, whatever you want to believe, but for centuries and, and thousands of years, we have slept in dark, black dark. There was not electricity until, you know, yesterday in terms of the grand scheme of uh, time. Um, and so for our bodies to be receiving light like this while we're sleeping is pretty bizarre to our bodies. Um, and keeps us from sleeping deep. The other issue is sleep surface, man. Uh, people are happy and content to, to be on a soft surface, man, and think that's cool and comfy, and, and it is so wrong and bad for us, man. Um, I'm just going to be bold and say that, man. You look at what China... I, it's one of the reasons I love going to China, man. I love sleeping on a table that's on a, on a, on a bed that feels like a table and firm. Wonder why those folks have good posture, man. They know what they're doing with. <laughs> what, what would be an ideal? You know, I, I just I, I went and did a 27 mile back backcountry trip this last weekend, and I was sleeping typically on my little thermorest. You know, it's about a half inch of air on top of a really firm surface, and that seems to me like a reasonable surface as far as firm is concerned. When, when I when I went to Vietnam a couple years ago or a few years ago, we went to to an island in the middle of nowhere, and these seventy year old men and women were sleeping on on pieces of plywood on top of yeah. horses, yeah, literally. Um, and they're moving around. They're farmers. They're in really good shape. So what what's the happy medium? Because I think if you tell people to sleep on a piece of plywood, they're going to laugh you out of the room. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's got to be cushion for your your hard bones. Uh, you know, for your hips, uh, scapulas. Uh, and heels, and so on, so that you don't you don't uh, rub and get and get um, those kind of discomfort. But there, you know, minimal bit of cushioning, but on as firm surface as you can get away with sleeping on your back, um, uh, with minimal pillow, with minimal pillow, minimal cervical spine um, uh, angulation is is act just absolutely key, and will encourage deep sleep and uh, posture correction. And there's all kind, you know, with some proper knee support underneath underneath your. Uh, uh, knees will will allow for the, that back to line up properly. It's so important, man. I just I'm having this conversation more than ever, and uh, it's just uh, it's just essential, man. And then after that, you can move into into tweaking your food and your nutrition and your all the pie charts and uh, and get into your heart rate zone. You know, you, people just get sucked into these 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 very very detailed. Um, aspects of their training programs, you know, the lightest carbon this and the, 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 the perfectly tweaked nutrition, all of it is for naught. 
man, if you're not sleeping like a baby six to eight hours a night. Um, so I don't know. That's my latest rant, if you will. No, it's good. It's good. It's tough. I mean, you know, I have young kids and, uh, you've got to be even more disciplined when, when you have, when you have variable sleep, like an alarm means nothing when you have a, a one-year-old waking you up at two in the morning, you know? So being even more specific um, with all of those details is important. And- I I had the good fortune. I raised a kid, but I tell you what, man, I I conditioned that kid to sleep all night. Yeah. Uh, what uh, what you know? We let that kid cry himself to sleep for a week. It's tough, but let that dude cry himself back to sleep, and before you knew it, he should and will condition to sleep also for eight or ten hours. A little guy. Oh yeah. And then everybody should be happy and sleeping well, man. I think that's the way we're meant to we're meant to be. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so that's sleep. Sleep's always a hot topic, so I wanted to get into that for a minute. So before we get into some specifics for strength and cardio, just one, maybe a couple words on mobility. What what does it even mean? What does mobility mean for an athlete? Dude, this is on the same level of sleep is 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 the mobility, right? It's such the conversation right now. I mean, who was talking about mobility five years ago? You know, nobody. Um, it is. It is. It is all the talk right now. It's a part of the revolution that, that's that's leading to athletes performing better at, at, at higher age, you know, older, uh, and constantly doing back to back to back amazing feats, whether it's ultras or, or whatever the case is. Um, but man, having, um, having a programming, having a coach that can, that can, uh, implement proper mobility, identify shortcomings in mobility and then implement proper programs that, that, that make sure the body's major movements are happening properly is everything. Again, you can get sucked into your heart rate training, your cool track workouts, all your hill repeats, all your cool food, all your cool stuff, and it is going to drive you into continued bad alignment, bad form, injury zone if the mobility is not on. And I'm talking from ankle, hip, thoracic, uh, shoulder mobility. Uh, I can you can grab you can walk out right now and find the coolest dude in your town right there, the hottest mountain biker, the guy that slays everybody. Um, uh, on the weekly ride or the, or the local races, and you ask that kid to drop into a deep squat for you. Nine out of ten of them, man, right now, especially, I'll pick on cycles for a minute, nine out of ten of them cannot do an overhead deep squat with any proper function. It's amazing. You're just uh, talking with like a PVC. Yeah, with a pulse straight overhead, not even weight, but just a, a proper f- a, a movement that every human being should do. Uh, be able to do that 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 in the, that that displays a shoulder uh, movement that's capable of of good range and a back a spine that that moves as it should and of course the deep squat and the hips that that allow our butt to go down to our you know uh, uh, ass to grass as we say every human being should be able to do that. I mean now you grab your next five year old that walks by and show him that's some deep squat that kid they, he has no bad habits man the kid's on it it's this damn car it's the damn chairs it's the laptop. It's all these things that put us in these, uh, in these, uh, in these bad positions in our society right now. That's that's jacking us up. Um, that's that's jacking up that whole mobility um, dilemma. So um, it's it's paramount, 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 paramount. Do you, do you think that most cyclists and runners? I'm using those two as examples because they're easy. Um, do you think they realize? I'm talking lay population realize the range of motion from running and cycling is is pretty minimal and and that's why oh, they're clueless mobility is so absolutely important. absolutely clueless uh with respect <laughs> but it is <laughs> it, it's it's unfortunate 
because, uh, you know, I mean, here they are in the 20s, the 30s, and they, they've got, you know, they're living their heyday right now. But I'll tell you what, you get in your 40s and 50s and all those shortcomings, all that shortening of your ligaments and tendons and muscles that just constantly are enforced to be shortened and in, 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 in that cycling position, for example, man, you're asking for poor posture. You're asking for injury. You're asking for just a jacked up shape. I mean, I hate to pick on it, but look at your next community ride and go to your cafe on a nice Saturday morning and watch those 60-year-old guys that get off their bike um, and look at that posture they walk around with, right? Yeah. Now, they're badass. They're just pulled a, they just pulled a massive five-hour ride. and they're, they're pulling big climbs. And they're mashing big gears. But let's talk about life in general and having good posture and having a, and being pain-free going into your 50s and 60s. But, man, you watch those guys get off the bike, man. You've got that, that rounded back. You've got those shortened hip flexors and... And to get them into a proper posture is just, you know, an act of, you know, miracle. Um, so, boy, it, it's it's got to be talked about more. Uh, any athlete that's they're listening, find a mobility coach, find a great physio, and spend more time. Drop a workout or two a week and work on that damn mobility, thoracic mobility especially. Okay, so so that's a good segue. Let's talk about, you know, I said I want to talk about strength a little bit. So, so give me, like, three strength exercises that people probably know how to do already or have an idea um, that will increase power and mobility at the same time? Dude, every human being, regardless of ath- sport, athlete, what's, whichever sport, everybody should be dead lifting a couple times a week. Everybody should be doing one rep max every 15 to 20 days, period. That's a blanket statement that, that I think is backed up by some science, certainly a lot of evidence, uh, certainly a lot of anecdotal support to that. But everybody should line up to a barbell and be deadlifting, uh, not for heavy, but just moving that body with proper alignment and proper form, lifting something off the ground to the waist is 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 uh, so important. That will develop all that posterior chain. That will correct a bad posture. That will build strength in the back. All those things that you walk around society and we got some just some messed up people around us, man. It didn't used to be, man. I mean, this, this our ways are, are just the last century, you know, if even half century. So anyways, that's my, that's my big rant on deadlift, man. But that's got to be done surgically right, okay. surgically proper. We all know injuries can happen from that. Now, my, my, my real, that's what's most important. My favorite is an overhead squat, Okay. Um, I mentioned it before, but uh, now the, the squat movement, the squat pattern, uh, everybody should dro- be able to drop their butt between their knees and, and with, a, with, a, with their head up and, and, and uh, have that kind of movement. Now, I believe it's taken the next step further is, uh, is uh, that overhead squat, holding an object above your head and partic- you know, ideally a barbell, and that displays a shoulder and back strength to be able to hold 30, 40, 50, 60 pounds over your head as you go into a deep squat is one movement and one strength exercise that is uh, amazing. That that displays your whole body's mobility, your wrist, elbows, shoulders, back, hip. Everything has to work properly for an overhead squat to be successful uh, and to be uh, effective. That's my number two. You got the deadlift, you got an overhead squat, and the number three, which, again, is something everybody should have do once a week and that is kettlebell swings grabbing a kettlebell grabbing a dumbbell and doing an explosive hip movement that is in good proper alignment good proper form that creates that hip and that core 
um, movement in an explosive way that creates speed and power in every athlete, whether you're a runner or cyclist or SUP. It's an amazing, every SUP athlete should be, should be doing kettle, kettlebell swings like freaking all week. It's that same movement that is a proper uh, SUP stroke actually. Awesome. So that, that's my big three. Yeah, and, th- and those are well researched. I mean, literally go on YouTube. You can find really you can find really good videos on this stuff. I mean, the deadlift. I think you could watch a tutorial and figure it out. Um, and this is coming from from some experience. Overhead squat. It's a little trickier. There there are some tricks and tips there. I mean, I, I think going to get a coach to teach you how to do all these movements would be great. But definitely um, a little more. You need to be a little more steady before you just go out and try to do put some weight on your overhead squat. And then kettlebell swing, same thing. I mean, there's a there's a form and a skill to it, but it's one of those things that you kind of figure out if, with a little bit of instruction. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah, thanks for that. So the the last piece, I wanted to get some cardio stuff, but you're about to go do a big event, um, so we can kind of tie that into it. You're, you said you're going to go run the Tahoe 200 endurance run. Um, tell me about that. Why are you doing it? What, what are your expectations? What's the what's the event like? And uh, we'll kind of wrap up with this story here. Lake Tahoe on the border of, of uh, Nevada and California and Northern California in, in the north part of California is one of the most beautiful places on earth. I had the privilege of uh, coaching an amazing athlete last year and got to pace and coach for that race last year. Uh, it was the first year running of it. I said it then. I said, man, I've got to be here next year. Here I am uh, venturing to it. It's just 10 days away. Uh, I don't get nervous about races. For all my years of doing all kinds of zany races all over the globe, this one I'm a little nervous, man. I can't lie. It's 200, <laughs> it's 200 miles. It's in the Alpine. It's in uh, high altitude and single track. It is a brutal, brutal event. Um, kind of excited about it. i got an amazing crew, an amazing team that's joining me. And I've been working on it for just a short time. I think I've got the fuel. i got the mindset and um, working on my strength a lot for this kind of event. Um, it's a long diesel truck kind of event, right? Um, there's a, 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 to your to your direct question about cardio and, and endurance training. Um, you know, I you can't you can't go on being an endurance athlete without hitting all your zones every week. There should be, um, you know, you asked about what's what's the one what's the three strength workouts. And if you had asked what's my one endurance workout, that's just not being. Uh, done by many endurance athletes, it's that zone five. It's that track workout for the runners out there. Everybody's got a park in a, in a community track nearby. There should be some barefoot grass, high intensity, short distance, explosive sprint work that every, that 19 out of 20 athletes do not do. Even your hot dogs, your local hot marathoners, your 10K runners, your ultra guys, most people do not go to the park, kick their shoes off, and run barefoot and do 40-meter uh, sprints, 100s, 200s, 400s. <coughs> Nobody likes them, but I tell you what, once you're out there and you're in the thick of things, they don't last very long. That's the good thing about it, man. It doesn't take much to get a good tra- track workout in and do that zone five work. Um, so I, I'm fortunate that I coach it, and so I'm able to be there once or twice a week and get that in myself. And uh, you got to be careful to do it right, as you pointed out with the overhead squat. This has got to be coached proper. There's got to be mobility and warm-ups and cool-downs uh, to avoid injury and that, that type of a workout. I'm a big fan of it, big yeah. fan of it. No, that's great. And, and without going into detail, I mean, just the efficiency you get from running fast, your body gets put into to proper alignment. Um, and, and a lot of times when you get used to running slow for long periods of time and never touch on the speed work again, you create tons of bad habits. And running junk, fast gets rid of those. junk. Junk, 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 junk miles, man. Um, 90% of athletes are living in junk miles, and uh, it's fun to be outside, you know, community, getting sun, you know. 
looking good, you know, but uh, a lot of it's junk miles, man. It's, but all of it, all of it can't be, you know, done effectively without proper fuel, nutrition. That's sort of on the tip of my spear. Uh, I'm so jacked about this new core formula that's out, man. I got all my athletes on it. It's by the Proven Nutrition out of San Diego. They make this new core formula that is just rocking my world. Uh, it's a do-all, all-day, and ultra-marathoning um, uh, powder drink that um, it's kind of amazing what they've done. You got to ch- check it out. I'm, I, I'm sipping a big old ball of it right now as I'm sitting in a cafe, and it, and it'll be my main fuel during uh, during my my Tahoe 200. It's that good. It's nice. it's blueberry monk fruit and other cool stuff, man. It's pretty badass. You know what, Paul? Let's um when you get done with this Tahoe. Wait, when is this sucker? This is soon, isn't it? Yeah, it's next week. Yeah. <laughs> um, actually, Depending go, go check it out. It's Tahoe200.com, you guys, if you're listening. And uh, when you get back, maybe in a, in a couple weeks after you're done, let's have you back on and do a little nutrition because um, uh, nutrition is such a big piece of it. I know you're passionate about nutrition and, and oh. diving into that. People love hearing and learning more of, of ways to improve themselves uh, when they're not out there running around. So that's that's always a really easy way to, to improve your performance as well. I'd be honored Awesome. So to, to wrap up and, and to give everybody kind of a positive note before before you leave today, do you, do you have a quote or a mantra that's really been hitting you lately? Buddy, I live, eat, breathe, and sleep, and hashtag live limitless. And um, I, I loved it. I'd love for people to pull down boundaries, pull down limitations, uh, get away from people that, that are putting up barriers and restrictions on your life, man, and just set big-ass goals. Think big and live limitless. Awesome. Paul, you, are, as always, are an inspiring dude, and you have such a wealth uh, of knowledge and just very varied knowledge, which is really cool. I love the fact that you played ball like you actually played quarterback and pitched. That's really cool. You know, you don't hear you don't hear a lot of guys coming from from team sports to endurance and doing really well. It's really nice. um, so thanks for coming on. I appreciate your story, and I appreciate your time today. Scott, you're doing amazing work with yourself, dude. You're a hell of a stud, and uh, and you're doing great work for endurance athletes that are providing a killer resource and podcast, man. Proud to be on board. Awesome. Everybody else, you guys are listening to Paul Romero, who's absolutely an athlete on fire. Thanks a lot. Thank you for listening to Athlete on Fire. Stay fired up with additional resources and information at athleteonfire.com.